0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers, joined by Stuart Weir, and this week's show comes to you from the Africa Cup of Nations in Côte d'Ivoire with the tournament kicking off on Saturday so much to talk about. We look at who the main contenders are, who the potential surprise packages could be, and some of the players to watch. And we talk to Cameroonian two-time AFCON winner Jeremy, who played for Real Madrid and Chelsea, on what it takes to win the Nations Cup. You have to be able to to put in place a group of guys who knows what the, the one at that times that's coming up later so lots on the afcon today plus stewart on the english premier league and the fa cup and the significance of liverpool's fa cup win over arsenal so the 2023 africa cup of nations gets underway this weekend here in cote d'ivoire with the host playing guinea bissau in the opening game in abidjan on sunday nigeria play equatorial guinea egypt face mozambique and Ghana take on Cape Verde. On Monday, it's Senegal against Gambia in a big derby. Cameroon play Guinea and Algeria play Angola. Well, I'm in the city of San Pedro. It's the smallest of the host cities in the southwest of the country on the coast. So I'm right next to the Atlantic Ocean. My hotel room is about 200 meters from the sea. Uh, Right now, I'm on the beach uh, watching the waves rolling in and there's a big commercial fishing boat uh, a few hundred metres away. It's very hot and humid here, typically 32 degrees the high during the day, and 25 degrees is the minimum temperature overnight, so it's really hot and humid, and uh, the air is uh, thick and wet with uh, humidity. I had a great welcome here when I arrived on Wednesday, great welcome too when I got into Cote d'Ivoire in uh, Abidjan, the commercial capital, on Tuesday. Well, I'm here as part of the Confederation of African Football's commentary team. Matches will be broadcasted to around 180 countries around the world, so lots of excitement here. Uh, The official name of the tournament is the Total Energies CAF Africa Cup of Nations 2023. It's still called the 2023 AFCON, but it uh, was decided to move the dates of the tournament from mid-2023 to now, as June and July would have been the rainy season. Well, 13 of the 24 coaches are African, 11 are foreign. Uh, Star players to watch out for, Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, of course. Victor Ossimen, the Nigerian, the reigning African footballer of the year. Atraf Hakimi. Uh, playing for Paris Saint-Germain. He's with Morocco. Sehu Girassi, the second top scorer in the German Bundesliga, features for Guinea. Mohamed Kudus in form for West Ham in England. Patson Dacca playing for Leicester City in the English Championship. Well, on Wednesday, I spent most of the day in Abidjan before I flew here to San Pedro, and I spoke to my great friend and BBC colleague, Piers Edwards, first on how we can sense the excitement that something big is happening here.
1: Absolutely. We, we came into uh, Abidjan, landed here uh, not so long ago, just uh, 24 hours or 48 hours ago, and as uh, you come in, you're greeted by all the paraphernalia about the Africa Cup of Nations. Pictures of Didier Drogba were absolutely everywhere. Uh, Aquaba, the welcome,
0: uh, Aquaba is written absolutely everywhere. And, yeah, uh, can't wait, frankly, for the tournament to begin. And big expectations of uh, great performance from the host, from people that we're talking to.
1: Yes, we. Uh, I was talking to one Ivory Coast fan this morning, and he's very much convinced that his team, funnily enough, are going to get to the final. But then, uh, all sort of fans of their team always believe their team is going to win. Uh, I was more interested by the team he thought they would meet in the final, because I thought that's the the sort of dark horse it is in his opinion. And uh, this chap was tipping Algeria to win it. But uh, Ivory Coast, they've well, they've won the competition twice. They're obviously going for a third but they've never won it at home. 1984, the previous time they hosted it, Nigeria won it. So uh, I think the uh, Ivorian fans would absolutely be delighted if they could go on and do it. But do they have the team to do it? I'm not quite convinced they do, personally.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, the venues are, are great here. Remember um, when Egypt was the first 2014 tournament? It was thought maybe no other country can manage to stage it, but we've had Cameroon. Uh, we've got uh, Cote d'Ivoire now, and looks as though they're ready to put on a, a, a good show with the necessary six stadiums
1: yes absolutely i mean there, there's been a lot of money that has gone in to refurbishing uh some stadiums and building new ones as you say six stadiums two of which are in abidjan and the rest spread out Yamoussoukro, kohogo san pedro and buake um, i believe uh, having asked them that the uh, ivorian government has spent at least one billion dollars on 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 this tournament they've also spent a lot of money in recent years the ivorian government on on boosting medical facilities and roads etc etc so probably the 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 cost in anticipation of this tournament has probably been double uh, a billion dollars um but everything has been ready the stadiums look really impressive and now it's just about whether the fans will turn up in number for matches not involving the hosts i think that was something that was really noticeable uh, certainly to me, in Cameroon, last time out for the last Nations Cup, uh, so many fans at games not involving the host nation, which let's be honest, we've not always seen at Nations Cups. And I really hope that happens and continues here in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, this year.
0: Yeah, so two billion dollars may be the cost of this Africa Cup of Nations. It does look like it's a highly competitive uh, edition of the tournament. Uh, Cameroon coming with hopes and, uh, Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Bar spoke to Cameroon legend uh, Jeremy about the Indomitable Lions prospects.
2: Well, as usual, uh, you know that um, we, our mentality, when to participate in this kind of tournament, we are coming to represent very well the country. We know that the favorite normally in this tournament, it is the one that we have won the last uh, t- uh, tour- tournament, which is uh, Senegal. But uh, when we come to this tournament, we come in as uh, to fight, to go as far as possible, because we are Cameroon. Now we don't forget uh, Morocco, who had also a very good performance in the last World Cup. So also uh, some of the unpredictable teams who can make the surprise. So it will be very interesting. Also the Ivory Coast, who are the host. So look, uh, very interesting, that uh, National Cup. The last time
3: you won was in 2017. Maybe um, some players like Abubakar are, are there, but so, so many players have transition. What does it take um, to win the AFCON?
2: It is, first of all, um, it is the mentality. And also the group of the player When they go to fight, I'm not saying, the, maybe I'm giving the... The tip to a lot of uh, teams, which is will be, I mean, which is good because you have to be able to to put in place a group of guys who knows what the, the one at that times. So I think for us, uh, all the times when we win, it's because we have a group of player. You have that kind of groups who come to fight for one uh, reason. It is important because. It's not just on the field, but it's also off of the pitch. So, also the preparation is very crucial. So, when you have that uh, as a manager, when you have luck to have this group of guys, and you have you, you have them on times, you have a, you have your own chances.
0: Okay, so that's a Cameroon legend uh, Jeremy. I'm with uh, Piers Edwards here in Abidjan in Cote d'Ivoire ahead of the Africa Cup of Nations, Cameroon. 2017 champions although perhaps they performed above expectations back then i think they they surprised everybody when they won in
1: 2017 didn't they I, i don't think they expected to do so uh i was hearing some uh cameroon well one cameroon analyst uh recently saying that cameroon do best when their backs are against the wall and people don't expect them to do well um so it'll be very very interesting to see how they do this time around uh, they don't have home advantage, obviously, but they are African heavyweights. You know, real pedigree in the tournament, so they'll certainly be dangerous. They've got a fascinating group up against Senegal, uh, the Gambia, and Guinea. But one expects Cameroon will make it through. But I think personally, there are, I, I you know, there, there are lots of changes from the last squad and something of a transition phase. But for me, I would say the jury is still out on on Song's abilities as a coach. Uh, does he have what it takes to, to, to lead a team and inspire them to victory? We certainly saw he did as a player, but as a coach, has he got what's required? I don't believe he does, but I may
0: stand corrected when the final comes around in February. Um, what about Nigeria and Ghana? They're always kind of irresistible. You'll think maybe they can pull it off uh, at the Nations Cup. Um, would you fancy either of those?
1: To go all the way? No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I would. I'm afraid to say uh, I'll get shot down by, yeah. by parties of uh, both teams. But I can't see Chris hutton uh, having what it takes to, to to win on African soil. I don't believe he knows enough. About the continent. Uh, Ghana have been underwhelming, let's be honest. Let's not forget it. they lost to Comoros last time out. They, they were beaten again by Comoros not so long ago in qualifying. You know, they're, they're not performing uh, brilliantly well. Yes, they've got fantastic players, uh, the likes of Mohamed Kudos. Absolutely looking forward to watching him play. Top, top quality player. Do they have the firepower up front to, to deliver? I'm not convinced they do. As for Nigeria, Osman absolutely brilliant player, as we know, we've seen what he's done, the, the reigning uh, Confederation of African Football Player of the Year but I would say equally they, they've underwhelmed as well uh, under their coach I don't think he's the most popular I, I, I don't see those teams coming here with the right preparations and the right build up and, and the right belief that they can go all the way, I don't think either of those sides, the players have the belief that they can win it.
0: You've got to get it right throughout Nigeria, we so good in the group stage last time only to Get knocked out in the round of 16, yeah?
1: Absolutely, exactly. And then they got surprised and they, Tunisia was who, who knocked them out. Narrow victory up in the north. And yes, as you say, they were the, the only team to qualify, if memory serves, with a 100% record from the group stages. Nigeria. Of course, it's about time for them to do it. I think the, the one thing in their favour is obviously Ghana is next door to, to Cote d'Ivoire. So so one wonders how that will impact. Will that make the Ghanaian players feel for more at home? Uh, the Nigerians as well, obviously, it's not so far for them to come. Uh we expect a strong West African challenge but we, we we need it's about time we see it. The the Ghanaian heartache since the early eighties, eighty two when they last won it, has gone on and on and on. <laughs> and we seen stronger Ghana teams in the past fail to win it I, I, I don't believe the Black Stars will, will triumph in February
0: yeah so what about Southern Africa there's uh, Angola this Zambia this South Africa I spoke to another of my colleagues on the commentary team here Clifford Mulenga he won the AFCON in 2012 uh, with uh, Zambia and he's sounding very optimistic I'm very very excited actually I'm very excited for them um, having played in this tournament I know
4: the feeling that the, the the boys must be feeling right now so it's very exciting and uh, I think We have a very good uh, squad of very young and hungry players Uh, It will be the first time for most of them uh, playing in this tournament So I think they have a point to prove They want to prove something Uh, We missed the last three editions And uh, we get to qualify after so long There's a lot of talk at home Obviously expectations are very high So when you look at the qualifiers We finish ahead of Ivory Coast in our group We beat Ivory Coast in Zambia So I believe that we have a very good chance of uh, doing well in this tournament And I'm very excited and I'm very positive that we are going to do well
0: Patson Dakar, a possible star player of this AFCON?
4: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, He finished as a top scorer in our group, and uh, he also uh finishes one of the uh, the, the the best top goal uh, scorers in Africa for 2023 so he's, he'll be one to watch out for definitely and uh, I've got a strong feeling that he will finish among the top goal scorers for this tournament.
0: Cliff and Mulenga there sounding optimistic and thinking that Tapats and Dhaka can really shine uh, at this tournament, the Leicester City forward. Um, they missed the last three editions. Zambia, South Africa, what do you reckon of their chances? I think if I had to tip the two, one of the two to go further I'd go with the Zambians.
1: Uh, I think uh, you, you get the sense that perhaps there's more of a team there and, and as we've seen in, in so many competitions it, it's not the teams with the big players but it's the teams who actually play as a team who go through and I imagine that I, I, you get the feeling in Zambia that something's building quite nicely but Fashion and Zikala, Pats and Daka we, we've got some really good players there so really interested to see how Zambia will do South Africa there's a bit of talk about South Africa doing well but they've, they've really under-delivered at so many Nations Cups and they've dropped so far from there halcyon days of the 90s when obviously won the tournament in 96 qualify for their first world cup in 1998 but they've gone steadily downhill since yes they pulled out a huge shock when knocking out egypt on home soil in the 2019 nations cup but but i i, I still they've got a lot of work to do to, to to go all the way i just cannot for the life of me see it happening
0: so where this leads us is that the uh, North African challenge uh, is extremely strong uh, at this uh, Afghan here in Côte d'Ivoire.
1: That is where I believe, that, as you can hear from what I'm saying, that the winner is likely to emerge from. We've got three very strong teams. Algeria, who won it in 2019. Morocco, who obviously made history when becoming the first African side to reach the semifinals of the World Cup in Qatar in late 2022. And then in the Egypt side, who have been there or thereabouts about so many times, in recent years, and uh, really interested in the narrative of, of Mo Salah. Can he do what Lionel Messi did? Finally, win his continental championships, the Copa America. Obviously, for Messi, uh, for Salah, obviously it'll be the Africa Cup of Nations. Can he do it? They're always strong. They've got a good coach who knows what it wins. It, it takes to win top titles in Europe. Having done so in, in Portugal. And so I think Egypt will be really a dangerous side. They they often are. They got the tournament pedigree. Algeria won't be easy, and uh, and Morocco. I wonder if there'll be too much pressure on Morocco. Um, they did so well at the World Cup, but I'm really interested to see what what these three teams bring to the party and also I think really interested to see which team is going to be the surprise team of the tournament. It was the Gambia last time out, which team is, is going to do that this time around. We've seen it with the Camaros shocking everybody in Cameroon, in, in Cameroon. Uh, Madagascar beating Nigeria in 2019. You know What we do know is the Nations Cup always brings surprises.
0: Yeah, and we haven't mentioned Senegal who uh, come as the defending champions, uh, some saying that... Uh, there's a bit of a curse on defending champions uh, retaining the title, but uh, I'd look at that differently. The AFCON is just so competitive that it's, it's always going to be a, a big ask to uh, win the title twice in a row.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think I'm right in saying none of the defending
0: champions have got
1: past the quarter-finals. I think, in the last six editions of, of AFCON. So that's a big uh, thing for them. Also, the hunger, is it still there? Let's not forget that in Cameroon, when they won the the trophy, Senegal had never won anything in African football at any level before they won the the big one, the the Cup of Nations itself. And then since then, they can't stop winning. They've won the under-20s, they've won the under-17s, they've won the the Chan, they've beat soccer, exactly. It's remarkable. Uh, I think they're a well-run federation. I think a well-run football federation in Africa counts a great deal. I think it gives uh, the players the, uh, the the calmness to go and deliver on the pitch. And I think uh, under uh, Senghor, who's in charge of the Senegalese FA, I think they're, they're absolutely moving in the right direction. Aliou Cisse has, has taken the team from strength to strength. He's, he's survived. He's still there. He's going. Uh, my only question about Senegal is whether they have the hunger to do it again and but if they believe this is their time and if they got the right mentality they can certainly go far in the competition
0: well that's piers edwards part of the CAF commentary team also my bbc colleague speaking to him on wednesday in abidjan before i flew to san pedro Well, on social media, we asked that question last week. Who do you think is going to win the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations? We had a huge response to this one. Uh, Ali in Botswana among those who predict Senegal to take it. Uh, Those are predicting Ghana. Eric Pantzil saying it's going to be the Black Stars. Uh, Quite a few people tipping Zambia. Uh, Raphael Jared Mulenga says Zambia may be the underdogs again, but we will do it. Uh, Lots of fans supporting and predicting Nigeria's Super Eagles. Uh, Uma Adam Babangida in Nigeria says Egypt will win because they possess all the qualities needed to win and they have a formidable team. Uh, in Botswana, Petrus Serabotseng says Morocco will win the trophy. They know how to deal with the pressure and they're a very experienced side. And Patso Galeta says Nigeria have all the chances, their squad is strong, and Twan Togpa and many others predicting a Super Eagles triumph. Leheso Moheo in Botswana says it's Senegal or Morocco and Samuel Alpha in Cameroon predicting his indomitable lions. Rich Henry goes for the host Cote d'Ivoire and we had a voice note from the Gambia from Ebrima Ba. Uh, I'm going in for my country, the Gambia.
4: The last uh, tournament they did very well where they were kicked out by Cameroon and, uh, this time also, and, uh, they successfully qualified and hopefully they are going to do better than the last time because we have young stars like Yankuba Minte and, uh, others, yeah, who are very good and, uh, I'm looking forward to that bringing it back home to, to the Gambia.
0: Thanks there to Abrima Barr tipping the Scorpions to do it. So too is Sideko Suno also in the Gambia.
4: Well, Senegal cannot
3: defend their title, whilst Mohamed Salah cannot also lead Egypt to glory. Though they have the players, they have the squad, they have the ta- uh, the talent, but I don't think they can lead Egypt to glory. Whilst Nigerians, they have the quality, they have the most talented players in Africa at the moment, but they cannot win the African Cup of Nations in Africa's. And also the host, they have the good players, they have the team, but they cannot win the Cup of Nations at the moment the only team that can win the african cup of nations is the gambia and the second one is the atlas lions of morocco have the quality and they have the team that can lead them to win the african cup of nations we are the scorpions of the gambia and we will show it to the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we shall see whether the Scorpions can go further than their brilliant a quarter-final debut two years ago well, thanks for everyone who got in touch on social media. And this week and throughout the tournament, we're going to be posting lots on our social media. So do take a look at our posts and listener questions there, as we'll be asking you for your reaction to the events at the AFCON here in Côte d'Ivoire. That's on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can WhatsApp any time as well with your views on the tournament at WhatsApp number plus 447955. Two three two seven eight zero. That's a plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. You can get in touch throughout the Africa Cup of Nations with your comments and with your reaction. And uh, just finally on the listener comments, uh, two weeks ago I asked her, uh, "What are your highs and lows of your year in football?" And uh, had a sad message from Caroline saying. I'm a big fan of your show, and a year ago I worked uh, on the Chan, the African Nations Championship, in Constantine in Algeria. Uh, There I met a lady from Uganda working for CAF Marketing. Her name's Esther Moussake. Esther was a dedicated professional, much appreciated by her colleagues and me during our time in Constantine. We kept in contact throughout the year. Looking forward to meeting up again soon at the AFCON uh, in Côte d'Ivoire, this morning, I received a message from a Ugandan colleague uh, saying that she had passed away prematurely yesterday. Uh, We don't know the cause. Uh, Needless to say, I'm devastated and in complete shock, and she leaves behind her daughter. Uh, Caroline says, please, can you give a dedication on your show ahead of the AFCON? It'll be wonderful for her family and friends and her many CAF colleagues. I know Esther made a lot of sacrifices and struggled to get where she got, and that, as a woman, it wasn't easy for her. She was a very dedicated, kind, and wonderful person, and will be sorely missed. We're well, very sorry to hear that. Uh, thanks, Caroline, for sharing, and our deepest condolences to family and friends of Esther Musake from Uganda. And as we are anticipating the start of the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, uh, she should have been here, but uh, passed away, and we. Must always be thankful for the gift of life uh, and always uh, enjoy and make the most of uh, every experience. Right, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. English FA Cup third round was on last weekend and some interesting
5: results, Stuart. Well, Steve, the third round of the FA Cup is in principle one of the most exciting weekends of the season with the 44 clubs from the Premier League and Championship being joined by 20 lower league clubs, who have qualified through a series of knockout rounds to get there. Well, as you'd expect, it was mainly dominated by the Premier League clubs, with 11 Premier League clubs winning, seven drawing, and only Arsenal and Burnley losing, both beaten by another Premier League club. The problem, Steve, for the seven clubs who drew is that they now face a replay. While the Premier League does not have a winter break, the following two weekends see only half the clubs playing each weekend, the idea being that each club should have a 10-day period with no games. The problem for those seven clubs is that they now have a cup replay right in the middle of their supposed break. You could say that the best performance by a Premier League club uh, last weekend was Bournemouth. Who went to QPR in the Championship, were 2-0 down at half time, and then scored three goals in the second half to progress. Manchester City won 5-0 against Huddersfield, but don't Manchester City win no matter who they're playing. Good news in that game is that Kevin de Bruyne came on as a substitute and came through the game okay. You could also say that for struggling teams, the Cup gives a chance for them to rebuild their confidence. Take Sheffield United, for example. Only two wins in 20 Premier League games, drawn away to Gillingham from the lower leagues, and they scored four goals, winning 4-0. Newcastle, who've been struggling in the Premier League, find themselves playing a tricky away game at Sunderland, near neighbours, and they won 3-0. And again, Manchester United, a tricky away game at... League One Wigan, and they won that one 2-0. Now, there are two non-league clubs in the third round. That is from the sort of fifth or beyond tier of English football. Midstone defeated Stevenage and are now in the last 32, where they've been drawn away to Championship High Flyers Ipswich, and Eastleigh have a replay to see if they can join them. Two interesting stats for you, Steve. Go back 40 years and 30 of the 32 ties were played on Saturday at 3pm in the days before live television determined kick-off times. Whereas this time, only 10 of 32 games kicked off on Saturday afternoon with the games spread over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday as well as staggered kickoffs during the weekend. I mentioned last week the challenge for Arsenal of having so many London derbies to play. Well, one-third of the FA Cup third-round ties were played in London. A further confirmation of how London is dominating football, not just in the Premier League, but throughout the divisions. So, the round of 32 will be on the weekend of the 27th of January with potentially five all-Premier League clashes. That's Chelsea at home to Aston Villa, Sheffield United at home to Brighton, Fulham at home to Newcastle, Tottenham at home to Manchester City, probably the game of the round, and potentially Crystal Palace or Everton against Luton, provided they beat Bolton Wanderers in the replay. And how about this, Steve? Manchester United, drawn away to the winners of the replay between non-league Eastleigh and Newport County.
0: Well, that'll be a big tie for the winners. And uh, what about Liverpool beating Arsenal then, Stuart?
5: Well, you could say that Liverpool's 2-0 win over Arsenal at the Emirates was only a cup tie. But I wonder if it could not prove significant come the end of the season because it showed yet again Arsenal's inability to win a game against a top team. Arsenal started well and frankly had enough chances in the first 15 minutes to have won the game. But again, does that perhaps highlight Arsenal's lack of a reliable striker? It's also said that Arsenal have become very predictable with their tactics of two flying wingers. And if teams are able to stop Saka in particular playing well and having space, Arsenal are much less effective. And the game developed nil-nil until the 80th minute, but it just seemed that Jurgen Klopp was better technically, bringing on his substitutes, rearranging his formation, and ultimately getting the win. And having scored in the 80th minute, you might have thought that the away team Liverpool would just sit back, but absolutely not. They went out, and even five minutes into stoppage time, were scoring a second goal. No question of settling for 1-0 there. And you could also note that Liverpool were actually without eight significant players in that game. Mo Salah away at the AFCON, uh, Virgil van Dijk was ill, Robertson, Matip and others were injured. But despite being short of those players, Liverpool just seemed to have the strength and depth and the tacticalness to win the game. Just one other thing on, on Kai Havertz. A few years ago, Chelsea signed two German strikers, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Neither of them were really all that successful at Chelsea. But now we've got Kai Havertz at Arsenal and Timo Vernon has just signed for Spurs. So the two Germans must must like London clubs.
0: Yes, and sadly we've lost two legends of the World Cup who passed away in the last few days, Stuart.
5: Last week, Steve, there were three people alive who had won the World Cup as a player and a coach. Now there's only one. Marcel Zagallo... As a player in 1958 and 1962, helped Brazil to win the World Cup. Then by 1970, he was the head coach as Brazil, arguably with the best team ever, beat Italy. And then Franz Beckenbauer also died. He played for Germany when they won the World Cup at home in 1974 and then coached the team when they won it in Italy in 1990. That just leaves Didier Deschamps who played for France when they won the World Cup at home in 1998 and was manager in Russia in 2018 when Le Bleu triumphed again.
0: Well, great legends of the World Cup. Uh, Thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show. I'm Steve Vickers in San Pedro, uh, right on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean in the southwest of the country. Our games start here on Wednesday in Group F, but the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations kicks off on Saturday. The host, Côte d'Ivoire, up against Guinea-Bissau. That game's in Abidjan. Uh, Do check out our Facebook page, our X, our Instagram and our YouTube channel throughout the tournament. Lots happening there throughout the nation's cup. So from Easty Steve Vickers in San Pedro in Cote d'Ivoire and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.